Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. Good morning, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. My name is Alina, and here with me today in the studio are two community activists who are making things happen in Southwest Philly. First up is Steve Kuzmecki. Steve is the Economic Development Project Manager at the Southwest Community Development Corp in Southwest Philadelphia. Steve has worked in community development field in three major areas, including Brooklyn, New York, Philadelphia, PA, and Wilmington, Delaware. He has been involved in development of many housing and economic development projects, also as part of the Jumpstart Real Estate Network, and that's partly why he's here today. Uh, he's leading the Jumpstart effort in Southwest Philly. And also uh, joining Steve is Mark Harrell. Mark is a longtime community activist with an extensive resume. Uh, he's a neighborhood block captain and community activist with the Southwest Community Development Corp. Welcome to you both. Good morning. Thanks for having us. So thank you for making the trek cross town <laughs> to mm. Germantown. It's so good to have you guys here. So first things first, tell our audience what exactly is the Southwest Community Development Corp. Steve? Well, Southwest CDC is a community development corporation that is about, I think, tw 27 years old. Um, we have, uh, we're started out, we're mostly known as a social service uh, agency. We provide a lot of uh, service to, to families. Our first program that we, uh, our longest program is our uh, um, after school program partnership with Patterson Elementary School. And we've been doing that nearly since the beginning. Um, we run a, 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 a daycare, yeah. A, 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 we run after-school program with 90 to 100 kids, and how big is the, uh, the the summer 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 school program? Is about 80 people. Okay, great. We we are also um, we run a housing counseling program for for many years. We help you know dozens of folks every every year with that. We uh, we are a a, 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 a LIHEAP. You know, we have energy program services, so a lot of people come in looking seeking to access the, you know, the LIHEAP services. The uh, the rent rebate programs and things like that. Um, so it's very extensive. Yes. Very yeah. extensive. Mm -hmm. So Mark, can you tell us what are the geographic boundaries of, uh, of Southwest Philly? Our geographic boundaries are the same as the 12th Police District. So we run from 49th Street West to Cobbs Creek in the airport from Baltimore Avenue South to the river. So we encompass all of uh, Southwest Philadelphia, which is the same as the 12th Police District. Okay, great. So, um, Steve, how is the group's mission tied to real estate development? Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, we traditionally have not been an organization that when we've done a lot of real estate development. It's only in the in the past few years that we have gotten into it. Like I said, it's been mostly a, a social service, you know, providing service organization. But um, since I came on board, it was one of the things that I was you know tasked to do is to look for some certain opportunities. One of the things that we wanted to do uh, when we uh, you know see what's going on in Southwest, we know that uh, you know trying to promote affordable housing was an issue. Southwest is a, is a place where there hasn't been uh, you know, a whole lot of development um, you know, over the years. It's starting to change now. It's become a, a very hot market, I would say. So, uh, so things are changing. But uh, So we're looking at, uh, we're getting involved in doing our first uh, affordable units, developing some houses, and also a few economic development projects as well. Okay, great. So can you talk a little bit more, either you or, or Mark, about some of the challenges the neighborhood is facing or has faced and have been kind of um, obstacles to redevelopment? Mark, do you want to take that well, one? <clears throat> well, as, as you know, Southwest CDC is, is, is a NAC, a Neighborhood Advisory Committee, um, where we are one of 19 NACs throughout the city of Philadelphia. Who so, are so explain what NAC charged. is. NACs are under contract with the Division of Housing and Community Development to provide specific services to people who live under the federal poverty guidelines. So as a NAC, um, as Steve mentioned earlier, we have um, housing counselors that assist people who are in jeopardy of losing their home to mortgage and tax foreclosures. So every year, we help um, at least 125 families alone save their homes to foreclosure just with, with mortgage um, issues. Now we're doing the same thing with with tax foreclosures. In addition to that, we're also an energy center, as Steve mentioned. So people come to Southwest CDC to get assistance with their electric bills, their gas bills, their water bills. And um, every year, and we have in-house in staff that actually helps people maintain their, their, their houses and their living conditions in Southwest Philadelphia through those programs. Okay. So, Mark, you're a longtime resident in the area, and so... Uh, tell us about some of the historical and cultural assets that are in the neighborhood, because there there is a lot of uh, positive stuff. It's, it's interesting that you that you ask that. Uh, Southwest Philadelphia. A lot of people that live in Southwest Philadelphia thinks that Southwest Philadelphia has always been a forgotten part of the city, and we we have gems in Southwest Philadelphia that people don't realize that are right in our backyard. We have Bartram's Garden, which is which is uh, um, acres and acres of of botanical and 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 community e events, um, river boating that you can do right in Southwest Philadelphia. In addition to that, we have the Heinz Wildlife Refuge, which is in South Southwest Philadelphia, which is the largest urban uh, wildlife refuge in the country. These these are in Southwest Philadelphia. Um, you know, we have four trolley lines that run through Southwest Philadelphia. No other part of the city can can boast that. Several bus lines. We're we're ten minutes from the from ninety five. Ten to fifteen minutes from the airport. Mm -hmm. So people who live in Southwest Philadelphia see all the amenities of being able to get anywhere um, to get in Center City and just in, in minutes from the trolleys. And we want to make sure that people can still afford to live in Southwest Philadelphia. That's why we're focusing on affordable housing mm -hmm. in Southwest. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, tell us about the connection with the Jumpstart program, Steve. Um, and for our listening audience, you know, Jumpstart is a new model of community development here in Philadelphia. It provides training, mentoring, networking, and financing options for aspir aspiring local developers. And the first 
um, incarnation of Jumpstart is the Jumpstart Germantown organization, but Steve has an affiliate chapter for Southwest Philadelphia. So can you tell us about uh, your chapter and how it is slightly different from the Germantown model? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think it was uh, in, in January of last year, 2018, where uh, the local initiative support corporation known as LISC you know, issued a, a, uh, an RFP, a request for proposals. The, the, the Jumpstart, the German, Germantown program has been so successful that they wanted to seek to replicate it in other areas of the city. And we were one, I think, of four other groups where that happened. So we started the program last year. Um, <clears throat> we did actually three, well, I should say in the first place, we follow uh, the jump the Germantown curriculum. I mean, we actually use the materials that Ken and his group have uh, have developed, and so as a as a, in a basic approach, we, we, we pretty much use that. Our uh, we've ran three cohorts, I guess, the, if you will, last year, which consisted of three three you know nine hours of training. Um, we had uh, about sixty people sign up. Oh, that's great! You know, and and actually complete the class. Um, which is which is kind of interesting. You're doing this business. A lot of people sign up for things and and they don't show up, or you know. Right. They, but no, the the the, uh, the demand and the interest for this for this program for this tr- this training is really incredible. We uh, Mark has copies, but we publish the, uh, the Southwest Globe Times. We own it and we publish it every two weeks. It's got a circulation of about six thousand copies, and that's all I do pretty much to uh, to promote the program. Uh, uh, a month oh, or so, so a before. A lot of word of mouth, and, and with this, we'll um, put a, we put a flyer in there. We'll put articles in there. Mm-hmm. Now we've got it. Now, now we've got a pretty substantial um, uh, waiting list. Um, and and, uh, and okay. are, are the geographic boundaries slightly different from the neighborhood, hmm. or but, is it right? No. Uh, for for the Jumpstart Southwest chapter. Yes, we try to encourage um, folks from Southwest Philly, um, for, from the three zip codes. Uh, and we try to focus our efforts there, uh, but we do have a lot of people. I, I can't believe it. In the class that we just started this past Wednesday, a guy from Detroit came. He commuted. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. You mean so he still lives in Detroit? He, yes. he flew. Oh, wow. Yes. Hey, How I, did he hear about I, the program? I had a friend in Philadelphia. Um, I mean, that's that's incredible. Things. I know. So uh, he's what does he see a kinship with Philadelphia and Detroit or I think he said uh, he said that he's really interested in the program that there's not a uh, a lot of that sort of thing going on where where he is active he's in, in like community development mm-hmm. and, and government as well and um, he just wanted to come and find out more about it but 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 that's been the case also that that people have come from other parts of the city. And even from outside of the city, we have somebody in the class right now from Lansdowne. Now, this this woman owns properties in Southwest, you know, and she's looking to do activities. Mm -hmm. So we do try to kind of encourage people. We don't really limit it. So I know that um, Southwest Philly has a lot of durable housing stock. So how has that helped from a redevelopment side in terms of getting a program like Jumpstart off the ground quickly? Mm Well, there is, there's a lot of opportunity there. There, there is a, uh, there's a, a, a still, and again, it's changing. It's, it's, you know, things are rapidly changing. Gentrification is definitely occurring there. It has occurred, um, but 
Southwest Philly, as Mark said, Southwest Philly is, is still considered one of the last affordable neighborhoods in, in uh, Philadelphia. I mean, average home, you know, prices in the areas where we're involved in are you know, still like eighty to hundred thousand um, dollars. You could go on. I went on Zillow yesterday. You know, you could, you could still find a home. Of course, it'd need more work, but you know, in, in the thirty, forty thousand dollar range. Mm -hmm. um, but more on the average of you know, eighty to a hundred. Mm -hmm. um, so it is solid stock. Um, people are very interested in, and we're, that's what we're trying to encourage. Now, see, what's a little different from our programs is um, we, it's, it's actually another kind of component of the program is that we're trying to also foster affordable housing, which is not really something can, you know, can develop the program as a, you know, it's a, a real estate invest for real, real estate investors, which we encourage and stuff. But also as a community development corporation and a concern with the neighborhood, we also do are trying to kind of add a, an affordable housing component to it as well. And for example, you know, people that are coming through, and we do have a lot of people that come through and are interested in coming through the, into the program so they can purchase a home for themselves. Okay. They're mm -hmm. not, not everyone is looking to become, you know, an investor in that, in that sense. And, and those types of people are the ones that we will kind of go the extra mile to kind of work with to help, you know, to help them with their loan applications or the business plan or whatever they would do. Then we're really trying to, to, to work with them mm -hmm. to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, you, both of you gentlemen know that here in Germantown, we have Germantown Avenue as the main commercial artery. And in Southwest Philly, you guys have Woodland Avenue. Mm -hmm. it, it's like the heart of the neighborhood. Mark, can you tell us why Woodland Avenue is so central to the economic well-being of Southwest Philly? Woodland, Woodland Avenue Business Card is probably one of the most um, populated business carters in the city. I mean, the vacancy uh, rate is, is very low on Woodland Avenue. Um, you get a cross-section of, of ethnic community on Woodland Avenue. You know, Southwest Philadelphia has one of the most diverse um, populations in the city. Um, in addition to, to Woodland Avenue, we have, you know, the Chester Avenue Business Carter, the Elmwood Avenue Business Carter. But the, the heart of, of Southwest Philadelphia is the Woodland Avenue Business Carter. Okay, great. So, Mark, what, what's your impression of all these different initiatives um, that are popping up with regards to real estate redevelopment? You know, it's, it's very interesting, uh, as you mentioned, the housing stock. The city of Philadelphia owns a lot of vacant houses and vacant land in, in lots in southwest Philadelphia. And over the past year, we've been working with city agencies to identify some of these houses. There was a pilot project called the L&I Stabilization Project. They were, we were the community partner in with the city agencies um, over the past year where the city of Philadelphia actually looked at nine houses that are on blocks that are 80% or more occupied that are vacant. And <clears throat> what, what they did was went to these houses, they fixed the windows, fixed the roof, put solar lights on the, on the porch so that when you drive down the street, you can't tell that this house is vacant, contributing to blight on these blocks. We're in the process now of trying to find out how can we make sure that these houses can be acquired by people like the people in the Jumpstart program to turn these houses into homes. So we're, it's we're just working. just an interim step. That's just an interim step. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of housing stock. There's a lot of vacant lots that is owned by city agencies in Southwest Philadelphia. And we feel as though we have a plan that could help turn those houses into homes through, through our Jumpstart 
through our um, collaboration with, with city agencies like PRA and PHA, Philadelphia Housing Authority, Philadelphia Redevelopment Authority. And we've been working very closely with LNI and the Division of Housing and Community Development to see how we can, how we can bring this into fruition. So this is really great because it sounds like there's a lot of um, advanced thought, a lot of forethought about how can we make sure that we keep the neighborhood accessible and affordable as opposed to, you know, redevelopment mm -hmm. just for redevelopment's sake. Right. Yeah. And, and, in, and in light of, of the gentrification, the gentrification that is, is occurring, um, most significantly in the area, uh, you know, around university of Pennsylvania University City and the and, and the University of the Sciences, from the um, you know in the, from the period 2000 to 2013. I mean that was identified that some of the tracks around there were, were really identified as as where gentrification was going on and a significant amount of black displacement as well. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see when the new uh, census numbers come out to see how because we know for a fact that that. You know that is that has definitely creeped down mm -hmm. further. You know, mm -hmm. you know, we're there. It might have been limited into like from uh, uh, university down to into the 40s. It's uh, you know uh, we see house anecdotally people that we know in a house has somebody you know has a, a, a row home that's just sold for two hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. You know, in in the, in the 50s. Uh, I mean, in the you know 50 hundred blocks. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Um, Eastwick on the other end, the really the southern end of southwest uh, Philadelphia, that's close to the uh, you know the airport and where um, um, Heinz is. Um, that's also experienced uh, gentrification over the past uh, decade or so. Uh, not as much uh, as the University City. The values have more like doubled. Where University City, it's tripled or, or quadrupled in some places. And there's not, uh, in with the Eastwick neighborhood, it's not as much black displacement associated as with as it is with around the university. So that's definitely something that we are, you know, you know, gentrification is a tough nut to crack. You can't really, you know, stop it completely. But we're we're trying to like come up with uh, solution strategies to kind of help people stay in their houses, help them get the buy their first home and. And tie that out with you know doing in a sort of holistic approach that we're doing with our housing counseling. We had 54 people come through our housing t uh, program, first time housing counseling program last year. 13 of them bought homes in the community. Oh, that's great. So we we have some houses now that we're just in the in the process of acquiring from the housing authority that we're going to be uh, rehabbing, and we're hoping that it'll be a kind of seamless. Knock. Okay. <laughs> seamless trip. That as we start the program, we haven't acquired them yet, uh, but we we've been lining up the financing and and stuff. And that when we uh, are able to, the ideal thing would be that we'd be able to pre-sell these houses to folks who are coming, who are participating in the housing, counseling first-time homebuyer program. Okay, that's great. So it's kind of like circle of life. Hopefully. <laughs> so is the fact that the city owns so many of the abandoned and vacant properties part of? the reason why revitalization efforts have been rather slow or because the location it's a great location in terms of the proximity to downtown to I, I don't know if that's a reason um i i think that um <clears throat> some of the agencies are trying to start to become proactive about the, uh, the the issue of the city of philadelphia contributing to blight because they own so many vacant houses and vacant homes um the the other thing is sometimes you know, the homeowners that are there that want to stay just need some assistance. And as, as a NAC, through the Division of Housing and Community Development, we provide 
um, resources like the basic systems repair program where people can get plumbing, electric, roof, roofing um, repairs um, free of charge. There used to be a major backlog in terms of people waiting, but the city, through a bond issue, actually um, are now getting that, getting that work done. Um, some, some seniors need adaptive modification program mm -hmm. to just, you know, put, you know, bars in their bathrooms and that sort of thing. So we, right, we provide bars. that as a grab mm -hmm. bar mm -hmm. as well. The city just um, announced a very new program called the uh, Restore, Repair, Renew Loan Program at 3% for 10 years. Um, you know, a, a single person can, can make up to almost $74,000 and get this low interest um, loan to, to do repairs in their homes. You know, all of this contributes to people being able to stay in their homes, to live in their homes. And um, we want to make sure that all the, all the residents of Southwest Philadelphia have access to these programs that are made available to them through our office and through our um, contract with the Division of Housing and Community Development. So, yeah, you bring up a, a really great point. I know that um, you, your organization is really focused on rental housing, affordable housing for seniors, including seniors caring for grandchildren. And we're really facing an intense, affordable senior housing crisis mm -hmm. in the city and across other major cities in the United States. And it's expected to get worse in the coming years. Um, there is a Harvard University study that indicated the number of older, low-income households is growing with those earning less than $15,000 a year jumping almost 40% in the last decade. So, and... You know, the truth is that subsidies really haven't kept pace with the mm -hmm. growth in this population. And, you know, without funding for affordable housing development, what developers have been left with is, you know, developing high market rent right. housing. Because mm -hmm. that's where that's where they can make that's where they can be viable as a business. So um, the Philippine Inquirer reported earlier this year that there were over 11,000 seniors on a waiting list for affordable housing and that it could take anywhere from five to 10 years to get off that list. And in this story, they had a, a photo um, um, in South Philly of a new uh, senior housing project that had gone up, affordable housing, and there was a line around the block, literally. Mm -hmm. In the photo, it was literally a line of people. Um, even though all the units had already been spoken, taken, mm -hmm. you know, people still lined up to see, to get information that day. So can you talk about some of the initiatives that you have mm -hmm. in the works, um, uh, you know, that maybe people aren't familiar with mm -hmm. that deal with this issue of affordable housing for seniors? Yes, and a lot of our efforts are, could really be considered in, sort of in the pre-development stage right now. And that, um, there was some uh, uh, city-owned tracks on uh, 63rd, in the area of 63rd at Lindbergh. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I've gone through the process before, so I, you know, I, we were able to uh, get the city to put them on reserve for us. We contacted the community design collaborative, who did a fantastic feasibility study for us and showed us that this would be uh, suitable, uh, be feasible to develop up to 70 units on two sites. Actually, they're kind of category, so it would be 35 unit each. So this would be an apartment building. Yeah, yes, apartments for seniors using the you know utilizing the low income housing tax credit. So when when the design collaborative does a project for you for a, for a, a nonprofit with limited resources, it really opens a lot of doors. And we were able to get a development partner. We were able to get the regional housing legal services to you know pick pick us up and do the the the, the 
the legal work pro bono, and we were, you know, according we would. Uh, the plan was by now that the, the project would be under construction. However, when we get, uh, when we go through the steps, it was it was revealed that there was some on one of the sites in particular significant environmental contamination. Oh, okay. And because the city owns the property, they they didn't want to at the time. <coughs> excuse me. They wouldn't give us permission to do the phase two because they would be liable for oh, whatever okay. it was. Okay. So they kind of closed it down, but I always thought that the door was still open. And then remember they told us that um, you know, it would be a lot easier for us to move forward with this uh, if it was a commercial project. The, the city said that? Yeah. Okay. And so we went on it, and uh, I don't really want to go into the names yet because it still is early in the process, but we did find a, a private developer who uh, you know, was nationwide and, and has a client that develops uh, senior daycare centers, for lack of a better word, um, and they are extremely interested in locating, in building a facility on one of these sites, on, okay. the, on the one that's more contaminated. Okay. Because um, it would just be a, fly, a kind of a slab sort of thing, a less of a, a for commercial use, the, the, the level of, of cleanup of the environmental situation is less than, a, than it would be if okay. it was for housing. Yeah, reduced but, excavation, right? So, yeah. Oh, okay. But this, this, um, this kind of touches on part of the history of the neighborhood is that there are lots of parcels of land mm -hmm. because of the a lot of the auto yards and things yeah. like that. Can you talk a little bit about... So the, some of the past history, mm -hmm. uh, commercial business history in the neighborhood and how that's kind of left a legacy. Well, the, the neighborhood... From an environmental standpoint. ...was, you know, for, for decades, it was an industrial neighborhood. There's still, there, it still is. I mean, there's still all, on the outskirts, uh, it's still where the refineries are located. There are still, uh, you know, areas where there's large, um, you know, heavy industrial, you know, use going on. Um, and even so, in the residential communities, where we're more active now, I mean, uh, at one time, uh, GE had a facility there on a 30-acre site that employed 8,000 people. Uh, that's been closed for almost 20 years now. Um, the site is vacant. We are It's, it's owned by a, a guy from uh, New York, and we're in, in, in touch with him trying to come up with, uh, you know, potential reuse scenarios. Um, but yeah, there's a, so we did a study with, uh, with Temple University graduate students um, a few years ago. They were looking specifically at brownfields at the level of con contamination in Southwest. And uh, uh, the, the long and the short of it was that like roughly one in every three parcels can be, uh, is, 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 they, is they either know for a fact that it's contaminated or it's thought to be given to past use. Um, so it's, uh, it's, so it is a, a concern in this and that that's, that's what we ran right up, up against here. Now, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I am um, hoping and, and, and believe that we're going we're gonna to get this, we have a meeting actually with the city next week about this, so we're hoping that's going to move forward. And lo and behold, they say of the other site, like I said, this is two sites, now they're, we're back talking about doing housing on that site, so that might still wind up being a, you know, a, a, a housing, a site where we develop new construction housing. Okay. When we went, when, when you do a project with the design collaborative, they require, especially if it's publicly owned land like this was, they require extensive community outreach, a lot of meetings, you know, with so spend a lot of time putting flyers at everyone's door in the immediate, uh, uh, you know, vicinity. And that is what came out over and over through the, um, it, you know, as a result of those meetings, that, that the need was for uh, 
housing for senior affordable housing for seniors that's even where the idea for uh, you know grand uh, seniors caring for grandkids came up that they, that as a as an issue as a problem in the community and that's why we designed it the way we do and so um if the project doesn't happen at this, we're still working with the RDA and other agencies that do own, you know, some some land to to find other places where we can relocate this this project. If it doesn't happen here, so um, the community design collaborative. What is that? Can you tell our audience what that is in kind of broad? Sure. It's a uh, well. It's an organization that uh, what they do is um, uh, they assemble, you know. A, it's a, it's a it's for you know nonprofit organizations such as ours, and and you go you apply to them with a project idea, and if they accept the project, they will uh, assemble a team of uh, professionals, um, architects, engineers, uh, you know, finance people, well, you know, real estate professionals that will, um, you know, shepherd this. The, you know, you will we'll, we'll do the project. Um, that's so that's what happened in this case. We they they and they valued this um, study. Uh, in kind country, I mean, the time of all the uh, people on it at about $95,000. So again, for us as a community development commission trying to get a project going, that's like, you know, equity that we can, you know, you know so, and it really opens a lot of doors. Um, we're doing another project with them now, um, um, down, you know, further down on Woodland Avenue. It's also in the early stages, but um, there we're looking. Looking, the, the one that we did on Lin, in, on Lindbergh Avenue was more of a, a complete design feasibility, where they actually did layouts of the, and, and drawings and all that sort of thing. This one is going to be more of an economic uh, feasibility study. We have there's some land there, and we have a couple partners who are interested in developing a, a community sort of center. And that so we're just we are really getting more and more active in trying to. Uh, uh, push you know develop real estate projects push them forward there's a lot of sites and things that we have our, our eyes on but it's all kind of just like i said the organization has not historically been involved in real estate development it's only really in the last four or five years where we started to, to push this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so mark what what what's your take on this effort to you know bring more commercial redevelopment into the neighborhood um and this idea of you know the multifamily housing as opposed to the single family housing. What's your take on having more multifamily, like apartment style buildings in the neighborhood? Well, one one of the issues that that we're facing in in single dwelling versus multifamily dwelling is we have a lot of residential blocks in Southwest Southwest Philadelphia, and one of the issues that we're concerned about is developers who are turning single dwelling households into multi-family households. We've, we've actually had developers who were not um, complying with the, the LNI requirements to get the proper zoning, zoning requirements and, and, and licenses to do that. It, it even happened on my, on my block where someone purchased a, a house and we start seeing construction, um, excavating the basement and I mean, we were like, what's going on? So we called LNI. LNI came out and the candy stripe that they they shut it down, and told us when you, if you see someone going in the building, dial nine one one, and that's what we would do. They had no. They turned um, a single dwelling household into um, three three apartments, but they were doing it without without permits, and we're we're seeing a lot of that throughout the um, Southwest Philadelphia area, and what that does it, it contributes to parking issues because you have at one household where you had one car. 
Now you have a household, the three apartments, and that could be six. And cars. that could be that could be six cars. Right. So it, it creates an issue in terms of economic development. Um, that that that's jobs creation. Um, any 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 anything that can create jobs in in, in our community, we're we're in favor of because that gives people an opportunity to um, to purchase homes, to to rent homes, and, and that sort of thing. So we're in favor. But when when it, when it's done in a way that some of these some of these um, people come in and they they you know try to cut corners and that that's not acceptable. And and you know it it creates a rift on the blocks. That that it that it's happening, you know, it puts neighbor against neighbor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so Steve, what? Why do you enjoy doing this work, um, particularly as it pertains to real estate development? Well, the thing about real the real estate development, especially as a, as a community development nonprofit organization, or, um, it's hard work. It, it takes time. But what's so satisfying at the end is that you you know you can see the result of of what you've done. Um, matter of fact, uh, we we I got uh, sidetracked. We took a wrong turn coming up here. I was going to drive Mark past the uh, project that I that I did in, in Germantown several years ago. Um, that's still there. That's still there. Um, and uh, so that's really and that that the the aspect of, of getting kind of this, to see what you've done, but also working with with people too and really being able to you know have an impact in people's lives what, what was the project that you did in it Germantown? was a commercial project um uh it was a daycare center um i used to run an entrepreneurial training program here i used to work in germantown and um had a successful entrepreneurial training program similar to the jumpstart program and uh it was a woman who had a, a daycare center in, that was operating in a church the church wanted to kind of take it over, and she didn't want to let that happen. And she was a real kind of aggressive go-getter. She kind of, she took the class, and uh, you know we were able to work. We were able to help her identify the building, negotiate an agreement to buy it, help her get a, 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 a an SBA loan, and uh, she's in it now and has been for. Well, I think they just had their their twenty fifth anniversary. Oh wow, that's so, great. So that's great. Um, yeah. So that's great that we were, that's, you ask, well, why do I like doing it? Well, you know, not only can I say, oh, look, see, I was involved in that building, but I know the people and I know the, the children that have come through. I know the opportunity that it's created. You know, you feel like you get a sense of doing something right. So I know in your background, you did uh, some of this type of work in Brooklyn, New York. Anything from that experience right. that has helped inform your your work here in Philadelphia. Uh, I was I, I wasn't really involved in real estate development so much oh, in okay. Brooklyn. That was my uh, sort of you know first time working for community development. And we uh, the organization I worked for was uh, uh, managed what they call in place industrial parks at the time. There were like this was in, in East Brooklyn uh, area where there were a lot of uh, factories and stuff, and they would just draw a line right, around this area right. and say, this is an industrial park. And okay. we were the organization that had a contract to provide services. And we did a whole, you know, range of things. We always try to be comprehensive in our approach, but, uh, yeah, I didn't really do too much. Uh, it was only uh, until I came to Philly do I, I started doing that. Yeah. It's just because, you know, Brooklyn for some people is like a cautionary tale <laughs> in terms of gentrification absolutely yeah william uh william brooklyn is a different brooklyn these days yes yeah and it changed very dramatically very quickly yeah so what's what else is in the pipeline uh in the works for uh southwest um cdc this year what are you most excited about 
well, we're going to be continuing with the jump start. Like I said, we just started. Um, well, I should say that we got the, you know, we got the grant to continue the program from the Urban Land Institute. That came out of a project that the Urban Land Institute did, I think it was two years ago, on Gray's Ferry Avenue, um, called the Healthy, Healthy Grace, Grace Ferry Healthy Corridor Project, in which we participated in. They brought in professionals. The Urban Land Institute actually is a nationwide network with, with, with people. And so they brought everybody in for a conference to look specifically at Grace Ferry and like to look at health issues and potential health outcomes. And it was comprehensive, so it included you know housing and you know job creation, all that sort of thing. Um, and I was able to uh, to get the, to, in one of the focus groups. I was able to have uh, them, you know, include create a jumpstart program as one of the recommendations. And then right after that came out, um, uh, the list came out with their uh, with their RFP, which we responded to. We got it, and then. Uh, the Urban Land Institute just a little while ago had put out an RFP. They were they didn't have it wasn't for a lot of money, but they were looking for projects surrounding that. And they said, "Hey, hey by the way, I've got one here that you oh, was a specific recommendation." So, um, so we're going to do we're continuing the program, and in a way, it's definitely an expansion for our program because we need to as part of this now we have to outreach to people in Grace Ferry. As a matter of fact, I have I think two people in the program now who are who are from Grace Ferry. Across the river, okay. the other side mm -hmm. of the river. So we're working with the the, the NAC over there, um, and other organizations and stuff to encourage people to. to you know, so, so it seems like a lot of uh, different entities, both regional and national, view the neighborhood as like a living laboratory, where they can try out ideas and. Mark, that's what Mark likes to say. All eyes are on South. Philly. All eyes are on South Philly right now. Yeah. This, uh, that's true. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of possibility in that, I and mean, we're just trying to kind of uh, you know, take advantage of mm -hmm. it, you know, where we can. This is great. So where can folks find you online if they want to connect with you? Uh, what's the best uh, website or social media to to connect with either one of you, Mark? Well, we we actually have um, the Southwest CDC Facebook page, which we 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 post our, everything that we do on our, on our Facebook page, and that's Southwest CDC on Facebook and our Southwest Globe Times newspaper also is on Facebook and, and our Southwest um, Globe Times dot com is the website for the uh, for the newspaper and our website at Southwest CDC as well. Great. Thank you so much. Well we've reached the end of another interview. Today we've been talking with community activist Steve Kuzmicki and Mark Harrell of the Southwest Community Development Corp. Thanks for stopping by today. It's been great having you both on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And that's all for now. By the way, if you want to get more information about the Jumpstart programs, you can visit gojumpstart.org or jumpstartgermantown.com. I'll be back again next Friday, same time, same channel, with another interview. So until then, have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.